Hello, and welcome to Clever Conversations. I'm your host, The Clever Bitch, but you can call me B. If your day has got you down and you have zero fucks left to give, well, then you are in the right place. So sit back, unless, of course, you're driving, then pay the fuck attention, or listen while you're getting the dishes done, whatever floats your boat, and let's get this party started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so glad that you're joining us. I have a special guest today. He is a dog fanatic, a nature lover, uh, energy healer, life purpose coach, and the author of Let Your Dog Lead, Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life. And his mission is to help men awaken to their path by letting their dogs lead. Please welcome Michael Michael Overly. Welcome to the show, Michael. I'm so glad you're here. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Oh, good. Yay. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about this because there's a definitely, uh, at least from what I've seen, and I've had a, a few dogs in my time, a connection with men and their dogs. They're really, I mean, I, we, I have a connection with my dogs too, but I, I don't know. There's just something special about that. What, how, how, do you, how do you work this all? How do dogs lead? Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Well, let's go back to the connection piece. So for guys, you know, we're, we're raised a little differently and we're not allowed to be soft or gentle or vulnerable. And for some reason, we can be with our dogs, right? Usually when no one's looking. <laughs> so, you know, at home, quiet, watching TV, whatever, we can just sit there and be gentle and pet our dog. And we just get unconditional love and fun and acceptance from these great animals. We don't get that from other people, or at least we don't think we can. And we sure as heck don't give that to ourselves. So I think a lot of men have this really deep connection with their dog. Um, that's fantastic. And so that's that's kind of how we help these guys out, is to recognize that there's something more than just a cuddle buddy. The special, special bond. So... How does that get us? How how does that? How do we help men with that? How what what are we going for here? What what's our purpose? So, what I've created is is something very different. I'm I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm a guy who realized one day, I kind of woke up and just found out all these things that were actually happening, things that weren't happening, and how I wanted to show up in the world. And I realized what the dogs were actually allowing me to do, the opportunities that were coming about. So in that vulnerability that we can share with that dog in a, in a quiet space away from everybody else, we learn in that moment that we're safe and everything's okay. So what I do is I take those opportunities and I expand on them using the guy and his own dog, right? They don't have to come use my dog. They already have a dog. But utilizing that relationship to expand on that and and further dig into what the dog is actually teaching them and showing them. And the bottom of this whole thing is that we're enough because we, we really don't get that. You know, our whole life we've been told by mother, father, teacher, preacher, all these other people how to act, how to behave, how to show up in whatever activity it is. Not necessarily in a negative way, but that does impact us. So all these messages that we have to be different than maybe how we truly feel tells us that we're not enough. So using that dog, we get back to that and remember who we truly are. Yeah, I think there's a vulnerability too that men have that they, they won't allow in. And when they're with a dog, they're 
they they do have that difference they're you know yeah. they allow themselves that vulnerability and so how do we connect that how do we get that we have that so they have that with the dog but how do we get that to cross over or, or to work with other people then what what is the the dichotomy what's the what's that about um, well, first, it's just the awareness that, oh my gosh, I actually am different or can be different with this, this four-legged love generator than I am with even my spouse or my parents or my, my siblings or my friends. There's a difference in that relationship. And if you can step back and look at that for just a second, you'll be like, you can realize, oh, this is, this is the mask that I put on for this person, but this is how I act with my dog. And it's, I'm more relaxed. It's more natural. Okay, well, how do I act with my mom or my dad? Oh, my God. So these are, these are different ways that we show up. And going back to how we're open and available to be a certain way, which is usually more our natural state with our dog, we start to take that into working with other ways and other relationships in our lives. How, how did you come to this? Like what, what circumstances, what brought, brought this realization mm. to you? What, what was the, the impetus of this whole entire uh, realization that you came with? Oh, great question. Um, I went through something very painful to me. My older brother passed away. Um, this is about five years ago. And for the first time in my life, I was able, able to actually grieve. And I mean, I cried. I was sobbing. I was, I was in pain. And it didn't just open up to the grief around him. It was all these other things in my life, not all of them, still working on it, but all these other things that had been shoved down, stuck in a dark corner somewhere, you know, shame, fear, anger, all these things started to come out. And I was like, oh, I, I, I want to be different. I want to be somebody different. I don't, I'm not happy and I don't like who I am. So that event launched me into another place. And at the time I had this amazing dog who showed me how to help heal other people. It was, it was, yeah, I mean, it, was, it was pure, beautiful, bliss, beautiful. I think it is in those very dark moments that we do realize things about ourselves and, and see, can start to see paths of healing. And, and I know that you, I've been looking through, you have a wonderful website with all kinds of information on it and the book. And I've been looking through that. Dogs really are, energy healers how 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 is this happening what what are they doing like what's going um, on oh my god it's fantastic so this i didn't even hit on initially I, I i i got that there was something else right i grasped that and i went to learn how to do energy healing so i first started with um, healing touch for animals fantastic just totally opened my eyes and blew my socks off and then I started training in Reiki and then I, I just, I was voracious and I started doing all these things. And at one point I realized, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> my dog's actually t helping teach me to help heal myself. So, you know, I wanted to be this mighty, I'm going to be this mighty dog healer. I'm going to, you know, cure cancer and do all these things. And, and uh, I realized, okay, I got to settle down and it's, um, it's about healing myself and this dog's here to help. So Easy example. Think of when you're angry and what that feels like and how it's just, there's tension and just, it feels like crap. And, excuse me. And think of when, like say you're in love 
or just in this moment of bliss and happiness and having a great time, whatever it is, that feels different. That's actually energy. So what are the dogs bringing to us? They're not bringing us a bunch of the anger and the rage. They may trigger stuff in us because they may not be behaving as we want them to, you know, mighty controlling human, but they're bringing <laughs> us this other type of energy and they're showing us what is possible. That's where we, that's where we usually disconnect. We just go, oh, that feels good. Give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. What they're really trying to show us, I 200% believe, is that we can actually do this ourselves. And they're just there to remind us and show us the way. That's a beautiful thing. It really, really is. Um, I, and I, I know I get that too. I mean, speaking of angry, I had a little moment last night where I was quite a bit <laughs> perturbed with some people with a person and um boy the anger was there i was i was i I was i was like don't poke the bear that's what i always tell people i'm like the greatest person but don't poke the bear really you don't want to and i got poked last night so um and then i was going to bed and my dog curled up with me and she put her little face next to mine and she just knew you know they know they 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 know so much they they feed off all of this energy that i was putting out and she just knew she needed to calm me and make me feel better about things. And she did. Like, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. And I, and I, so I, I think that can go both in, in both men and men and women as far as what these dogs can do for us. So how, as a woman, how do we help the men in our lives? Um, if we see them hurting, what, how do we approach them with some of this information? I mean, what do we, how do we say, what do we do? Like, I don't know what to do. What do I say? Hey, you really need this shit? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's the best way? What do we, how do we approach oh. it? I know it's a big loaded question. God. I'd like to throw those out that there is. for you. <laughs> You've got like six hours and I can just start to touch on this. Yeah. So what's really interesting um, is we are raised and taught to believe that we are solo operators, right? We don't need help from anybody. And we, we should be doing all of these things by ourselves. And there's all this pride and machismo tied into all these things. Like, you know, there's an old joke, right? Men never ask for directions. We'd rather be lost for hours than ask for help because that's how we're raised. And it's, it's really, it's really sad. Um, we also don't take direction well. So when someone offers us, um, a super friendly, helpful, loving piece of advice. You're telling us what to do. Don't you tell me what to do? Yeah. Um, and I mean, guilty, big time. Whether it's it was my mom or or my girlfriend or I mean, it didn't matter who it was. You couldn't tell me what to do, right? right. So, um, I think asking questions, short questions, to help us think a little bit. Like, wow, that you seem like you're you know something's really bugging you. Is there is there something you need? And then just leaving it. So prompting things to tr to let us go, oh, huh. Because often we don't even realize how we're coming off. Um, anger is acceptable in our society. It's like the only thing that men are allowed to show and share. You know, I mean, look at look at social media, the news, um, our movies. It's action movies. Well, no, it's just people killing each other. We're, we're, there's all this rage coming out that... We feel good watching someone else do it. It makes us feel better somehow. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing we're allowed to show. Like we're taught that as, as we grow up, it's okay to, you know, like men fight. We do fights. 
you know, help us. Leading questions. Good way Good to time. start. Yeah. Yeah. So we're leading. We're leading them in. We want them to get the help. Um, what What kind of help is this going to provide them? What is What are they going to learn from this? So it just takes a tiny shift in perspective for some folks. Maybe ah, you know, I I see that you're really unhappy. What what would what would help you with that? Or how would, how do you want to, this to be different? Because this obviously is upsetting you. So a tiny shift in perspective. And some guys are going to still get defensive, right? Still mm-hmm. get upset. But if we can plant a seed, right? Whether it's myself or, or a you know, female partner, spouse, can plant a little seed. And then next time, just little gentle things. You know, instead of, you know, oh, you're being a... And sometimes that's what's needed, but that's not going to create change. Right. Um, yeah. Planting little seeds and then watering them. Definitely. Maybe, oh, I heard about this thing. It was awesome. And, and so-and-so's husband or whatever read this and said it was awesome and helped him a lot. And then just stop. You're planting a seed, right? Don't say, right. hey, maybe you should read it. Because then you're, then you're telling that guy, now there's we're something wrong fingers. with him. Yeah, now we're saying, oh, you, you're screwing up when this is what we think. All right, so yeah. I've now planted seeds. I've watered it. I've got them interested. Now they want to know more. And I think, and I do believe that when you're talking about men and dogs, anything that you can maybe say that make them feel that that's going to bring them closer or understand their dog more. I mean, there is that connection. And then you want to, f- we always want to feel more connected to pets. They don't talk to us, but they actually do talk to us constantly. We just don't always listen very well. But when we can get in there, um, now we've got that seed. Now they want to do this. Um, how is it going to help them? How, what, what are, what are men learning? What are they growing from? How are they learning from this? What's, what are they going to get out of, when they when they just when they do decide to be like, yep, I want to try this, or I want to read the book, I want to know what's going on. Um, what what can they expect? Um, that's a great question because it's going to be different for everybody. So yeah, there, there's no formula for completely changing your life, right? The only thing I would say is do it one small tiny bit at a time. A one a one degree shift is the most powerful thing in the world. You know, let's think about New Year's resolutions. People go 180 degrees. And it never lasts because we're, we're creating too much change in our lives. And it's not sustainable because we're uncomfortable on so many levels. So if we can make one small shift, a one degree shift, stick with that for a little bit and go, oh, okay, I was uncomfortable. Not so bad. I'm doing okay. I wonder what else is possible. And then you can make another shift from there. Before you know it, maybe you have gone 180 degrees and it's fantastic. But guys can get from this that, they can still be themselves and change, right? They don't yeah. have to be like everybody's been telling them their whole lives. And that's where we get hung up. We have such an identity crisis. The crisis is we can't remember what ours actually is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our, we, there's expectations. Our boss wants us to be a certain way. Our spouse expects certain things. And we have responsibilities in life. I'm not saying don't do those things. But your first responsibility should be to yourself. Because if you can show up 
as you really are in the world, imagine what's possible. Plant the seeds, water that, just do it naturally, do it nurturing. Uh, women are very, very, we're natural nurturers. That's just what we do. Um, we also have no problem being vulnerable. I, well, a little, we can be vulnerable and just we will cry all the time and let ourselves show, show weakness. I do think there's a perception. Um, I don't know if it's more older men um, as opposed to I'm not in tap with what the teenagers and 20 something year olds are doing as much because my kids have all moved out of the house now. But um, I think that showing weakness, especially for I would say 75 and older men will not show weak. They, they refuse to show that weakness, whether, and I, and you know, I mean, we deal with this when I'm like, okay, you got to take the car keys away because you can't be driving anymore and different things. And it's, I, I can do this myself and it's hard to be, to it and not being able to do it yourself or admitting that you can't is weakness to them. And it's, it's very, it's like, I can't be weak. That's just, I'm not, I'm right. not a man if I'm weak. I think that's a perception. Do you think that's a big perception? That's what I, that's what I see anyway. Oh. Well, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. So any, oh God, any chink in the armor or, you know, I can't bench press a Buick that we're told that you're weaker than I am. So there must be something wrong with you. Um, emotionally showing any of that is a sign of weakness and it's a huge load of crap, but that's how, you know, that's what they were taught and their dad was taught and their dad was taught, you know, for whatever reason, we, we hand down this macho lineage that it just causes us so much suffering throughout our lives. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to just immediately go from, you know, <clears throat> macho Joe to just a babbling, blithering, weeping <laughs> fool. Right. But Yeah just a little tiny bit of allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. And it, and it can be in the simplest way. You don't have to just immediately start crying, but allowing yourself to be uncomfortable and realizing you're still okay is huge because we just, we can't stand it. You know, Oh my God, my, you know, my next door neighbor, Fred is going to think I'm a big wuss. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, so we put on this, you know, this game face all the time, you know, guys making contact, con eye contact in public. It's like a challenge. It's a threat. Why? Like, Why is all this? Uh, I don't understand. I don't it. know. It's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. And I, but I, I get it too because I, I was in that place and I wanted to fight everybody. It was nuts. Yeah. Well, and I think from what I, you know, what I've seen and experienced in my long lifetime, uh, there's a defensiveness that immediately comes up when the. I don't even know if it's anyone's even said anything. It's maybe they're perceiving it that way where I didn't do, I couldn't do that. Or I'm, I'm not, I'm less of a man if I'm not doing all of these things and ticking all these boxes off and making sure that I do. And that immediately it's a defensiveness that comes up even before anything is even like anything said, mm -hmm. I can feel that they like, Oh, I, I couldn't, like I couldn't, if you couldn't do it. I mean, I feel all the time. I can't do a lot of shit. Like I'm not, like I admit it to anybody like, yeah, I sucked at that. Like I, I got into the world of MLM. I was trying to sell, you know, like remember Tupperware and that whole, like, you know, you have the little parties and you sell things and you try to get, like, I tried that. I worked my ass off for that. I think I was spending like 18 hours a day trying to make it work 
that's how like dedicated I was. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to do the best that I can do. And I worked and worked and worked and I sucked ass. I couldn't sell fucking shit. I was horrendous at it. It was not my thing. It was not my thing. And I literally felt like the biggest failure. Like I, like everyone else is doing this. Why am I, why can't I do this? Like it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, this is the, the dumbest thing. And I was really down on myself. And it was actually people telling me, you know what? That's just, it's just not you. Like it's just not, it's, you know, you shouldn't be doing it because you can't do it. But it's not that it's a bad thing that you can't do it. It's just not, you're not that type of person that does that. Like, cause like I couldn't do, like there were things I couldn't do when I was trying to do this. And so I felt less than, I felt of like a failure, like, and I, but I wasn't from lack of effort. I mean, I was running on that little hamster wheel as fast as I could get that thing to go. It would shoot me off and I'd jump my ass right back on it and keep on spinning. So, I mean, I can see it from my point of view. And then you go to a man's point of view where that would really take, like, I was like, okay, it took a toll on me, but it wasn't like massively life-changing and horrible for me. I was like, all right, can't do it. Move on. Let's do something new. Um, but I think with men that it's, that is just, it's such a, there, there's so much that I don't know where the pressure comes from, but it's in their mind or in their, you know, what they've been brought up with that they have this pressure to be perfect, to do all this stuff. Cause they're the man, you know? Yeah. So yeah, tell, it's tell insane. Us a, it is. It truly is. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned. What has got you through? What what lessons has have you learned from your dog? Oh my god, that <laughs> I don't have to be perfect. Yep. Not even close. Um, you know, let's let's look at uh, a man wearing a tuxedo in a picture. You know, mm, stoic, wealthy guy. There's a plane in the background, and it's his. That's that's nobody anyone ever knows, right? There's like, there's like a handful <laughs> right. of people on the planet. That's crazy. But we're 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 taught to strive for that. You must be this. You must look a certain way. You must weigh a certain amount. You must be able to bench press a certain amount. You must drive this kind of car. And it's absolutely nuts. There's there's a million people vying for our money. And they sell us on an image that this is going to make us happy. Perfect is crap. The perfect life is one where you just accept what comes and enjoy your day, right? Mm-hmm. Ugh. So f- failure. I wanted to go back to that real quick. There's really, in my opinion, no such thing. I think we tried something. It didn't work. But I learned. maybe I learned that. Oh, God, that I hate that. I don't know why I got into this. I really suck. Okay, what else did I learn from that? Oh, I did enjoy this one. Part of it, though. Oh, maybe that steers me in another direction. Instead of just throwing your hands up, I'm a piece of crap. You know, I'm a failure. I can't let anybody see it. Don't tell anybody. It's Yeah, it's ridiculous. So the guy who started PayPal, do you know about him? I don't. Fantastic guy. He's really interesting. So there was an interview a long time ago about him and, and getting PayPal started. And they were asking him, you know, how did he get there? And, you know, what was his history with other companies? So he says, my first business failed miserably, just lost everything. My next business failed not as miserably, still failed. My third business failed, but I was, I was getting closer. Anyway, he went through this lineage of all these things. And he said, and then I started PayPal. So think about that. He, he just kept going. He kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And then he found, he found his thing. 
And he took something from each one of those experiences, not failures, took something from each one of those and went, here it is. So th- I think that's what our life is about. We have these experiences and, you know, okay, this this is mine. Oh, that's definitely not mine. Whoa, not mine, not mine. And we can take a little bit from each thing. No one hands us a package and goes, here you go. It's all complete. We have to create that. But we don't get that. We think we're supposed to come out of the gate, you know, here I am, Superman. So yeah. this is what my dogs taught me, that I could be I could be silly and goofy and, and completely screw something up. And I'm okay, right? I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. My neighbors aren't judging me because I, I lost a contract or I lost, you know what I mean? We think that. We think there's all these stories. But we get this acceptance and non-judgment from our animals as well. We, we get stuck on, on unconditional love. But it's so much more than that. They're not judging us. Right? And most people actually aren't. They're, already, they're caught up in their own stuff. But we think they are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, gentleness, patience, uh, self-acceptance. That's what my dogs taught me. Persistence, maybe a little bit, especially if you're trying to. <laughs> Perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. If, I mean, if you if you really feel something, it may be just the way you're going about it. You know, there are no straight lines in life. Mm-hmm. Everything's a zigzag. Sometimes you got to double back a couple times. Sometimes you go way back. But you learn and you recoup and you get. Oh, I missed that door over there last time. Oh, holy crap! I went right. right by it, but I was like this. So, yeah, it's fantastic. But, yeah, keep going. If there's something you love, just go do it. Doesn't matter. Go help exactly. somebody. Go have fun. Right? Yeah. And the one thing that I learned from my whole experiences was, well, first of all, I met some of the best friends I have that I mm. find phenomenal and inspirational. And I've learned so much. They've been mentors and friends. Um, and I try to teach them what I can teach them and share with them. Um, so I, it wasn't a, it wasn't a failure for me. Um, I learned a whole lot. I learned about myself and I learned about um, things that I wouldn't probably have learned about otherwise. And I'm now able to use the skills that I learned from that to help others. So that's a definite bonus for me. So th- it's, it's, it wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't a failure. Um, I wish that it had paid more at the time. <laughs> Because it wasn't make, if you don't sell anything, you don't make anything. So I did oh, all that really? for free. I know, right? Yeah. It wasn't, they're like, oh, work harder, do more. You're not doing enough. What am I not doing? Like, you know, but anyway, I could go on about my little sob story about that. It wasn't bad, but I did learn a lot and I came through it. You know, what do they, what does Nicolas Cage say in National Treasure? Edison learned 2,000 ways not to make a light bulb and then only Mm -hmm. took one way to do it so you can fail many times and it's really not a failure you just got to keep getting up and trying new things Mm -hmm. and I always think just jump and figure out how to fly on the way down because that's kind of how I've always done things so (laughs) like sure I can do Uh, that just jump and go with it that's a great point so much so many of us we wait till we're ready until, mm-hmm. you know, everything's, all the Perfect. stars are lined up, whatever you want to look at it. There's no ready. Mm-hmm. There's no ready. You, you have to take a first step. And I got this from one of my coaches. He goes, take one freaking step. Stop dicking around. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Like, it's never going to be perfect. My son's a musician, and I keep telling him, you've just got to, he's like, well, it's not where I want it to be yet. I'm like, you got to just start doing it. Like, it's enough. You have to just put it out there. 
Like, it's never going to be perfect. You can't wait for that. You have to do things messy. You have to do, you know, you just have to go for it. And you'll improve. And one of the mentors that I met last year during this whole crazy thing said, if you're not embarrassed by your first iteration of something, then you're not doing it right. Like you should look back at those beginnings and go, wow. And but then realize how far you've come. Exactly. Don't be ashamed of it. But be like, Oh wow, yeah, that was that was really not awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. and I've I've started other businesses myself, and just yep. So, but at the time, that's what it took for that one step, and and it wasn't even in the direction that I ended up going, but it was a step nonetheless. If I hadn't even done that, you know, yeah, I don't know, working at Arby's. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right yeah which isn't a bad oh. job to have they're hiring yeah, by the way job. they're all hiring because nobody yeah. wants to work everybody this is the this is my now i'm probably going to get a lot of flack from my listeners about this but this is my personal opinion everyone wants a job and nobody wants to work right mm. especially with the youth because <laughs> they're on their cell phones and they got their friends and they all want to get a job but then when it comes to going to work and doing the job they never want to do it you know what i mean it's like oh, yeah i'm gonna call out they always have to call uh, out i think they say i don't know there's whatever they, we used to call in sick that's what we would say right we called in mm-hmm. sick yeah you, i didn't work today i called in sick right they call out now i don't know what that means i don't know i called out i called out sick like, what oh. do you mean I, oh wait anyway that's a whole teenage my my dilemmas with teenagers now that i don't have any more teenagers Hopefully, as adults, they'll get better at those things. But I have a lot, you know, I have three sons, and I want them to be able to, you know, feel confident and do well in the things that they're doing in life and have those connections. And I, you know, I look at this as a way that I can reach out to them. And of course, I won't plant the seed nicely and water it nicely. I'll be like, dude, read this shit right now. That's like, that's the way it'll come out from me. Well, because I'm the mom, so I can do that, right? So right. they have to hear it from me. So I don't have to be as gentle when it comes to that. But all right, I wanted to move into something really, really quickly. You have an Everybody Hurts Summit coming up in March next month. Mm-hmm. It's really right around the corner. Can you tell yeah, who is that for? What's it about? Oh, crap. Yeah. It's um, what's well, it's two about in about two months. It's uh, March eighteenth and nineteenth, and I'm I'm trying to redefine some things for folks. Um, you know, I I work with guys, and we we have such a hard time. So what I want to know is, or I want to let everybody know is that wherever you're at is is exactly where you're supposed to be at this time, and whatever happened in your past has shaped you in some way. But not to be embarrassed or ashamed by that. So, my intention for this summit is it, you know, it's for guys and gals, but it's for everybody to realize that, oh, oh wow, I didn't realize that my next door neighbor had X, Y, or Z happen. Oh, oh crap! You wouldn't know it because we're all we're all putting on these game faces. We we can't show anybody that we that we hurt ever. It's absolutely insane. So everybody's got something everybody and you can't compare your experience with someone else's you know um some people were sexually abused some were physically abused mentally emotionally neglected abandoned everybody's got something in their life that shaped them in some way that they don't want to let others know about and i just want those folks to know that it's okay it's okay to not be okay right and my experience and the folks that are going to be on this summit with me are 
versed in, in, in sharing their stories with other people and saying, hey, you know, you may think it's embarrassing, but here you go. This is what happened. This is my life. And here's, here's how these incredible animals helped me get through it. That's phenomenal. And they can find all the information out. I'm going to put everything in the show notes. So they'll have all the links to sign up for that. It is coming in March. So that it's not too far off at all right now. Um, thank you for being here today. I could, I feel like I, we could talk like for hours about this and just we keep should. going. I know. <laughs> we'll have to do it again. You have to come back maybe after the summit okay. and you can like share some of the things with people that the other people that the other speakers brought to it. And, uh, Give us a little rundown of everything. Thank you oh, for God, being here. Oh, God, that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you All so right. much for what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. You can find everything in the show notes, and I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you all for joining me today. I hope you've had as much fun as I did and learned a few things along the way. For more information, you can check the links in the description of this podcast. I'll be back next week with more joy, love, and laughter. Until then, I would be honored if you gave me a like and if you're so inclined to follow. Thanks again for listening. And remember, find some joy and laughter today. Ciao. Even though I'm scared, you'll break my heart. You know that I loved you from the start. Right from the start. Right from the start.